Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Financial Flex with Flex. This is your host, Alex, and happy Tuesday. All right, so today I'm just going to jump right in to a little life update. We paid off a loan, so we have four more loans left and we will be done. Right now, our balance is a little over $22,000. So yeah, we're just, you know, chugging right along, which is great. I'm I can see the finish line in sight and it's honestly like such a good feeling. Um, So I don't know. I'm kind of nervous that when we pay off our loans that it'll just be like all this buildup and then the feeling won't be as great as I imagined it to be. I don't know. I'm kind of fearful of that because I have heard people say that, you know, you spend all these years like, you know, paying off debt and, you know, counting each loan and you know checking each one off and all this stuff and then like you get to pay off your loans and then it's just kind of like okay well what do I do now so I'm a little nervous about that um, but I mean there's a bunch of things to like look forward to like I'll be able to finally open up in a retirement account and I know that a lot of people are against not contributing to retirement while you're paying off you know student loans or just debt period because time is on your side when you're younger and you know that's really good for investing but I I don't know it's just a personal choice that I made and the way I see it is that like you know I'll have even more money to put towards um towards like my 401k or IRA when the time comes but I'm really excited to learn more about like investing and and get into that during the pandemic, well, during like peak pandemic time, um, John and I actually bought some American Airlines stock. So I don't know what that's doing right now. I think it gained like maybe five bucks or something. So like we do have that. John has his like 401k. So yeah, really excited to learn more about investing. Really excited to move. I'm on Zillow, honestly, like if not every day, every other day, just saving apartments, looking at apartments. Um, I feel like this time it'll be different for us because when we got married, I think we were just in a rush to find a place. We were like, okay, well, we're getting married in April. We need to find a place by March. And, you know, we did all of that within like, I want to say like three months as far as being like, okay, well, where are we going to stay and trying to find a spot? And this time we really want to take our time. Our last apartment didn't really have much natural lighting, which really killed the mood. Like, honestly, it felt like we were living in like a shoebox. And so this time around, we're being really, I don't, I hate to use the word picky, but I think we're just being more aware of what we want. So we want Honestly, natural sunlight is like number one for me and it's not negotiable. Like I need that. It just changes my whole entire mood. So having a place that has a lot of natural lighting and a lot of windows, we would love to have a second bedroom just so we can turn that second bedroom into um, an office because, you know, John has his photography stuff. I do my podcasting stuff and I do work from home, um, you know, three days out of the week or two days out of the week, rather. Uh, So it would just be nice to have like a designated office space for those, you know, for those things. Also, what else do we want? Oh, definitely living in the city. Have to get back to Atlanta, like the suburbs life, even even though, you know, we were both raised in the suburbs it's just I don't know not where you want to be I don't know I it's it's just very slow and 
there's not like a whole whole lot to do and there's not like a ton of people our age I feel like in the area that we live in so definitely need to be in the city in the mix um and I think it just needs to have like some charm like I think I'm kind of over the all white super clean like super super modern looking apartment buildings I think I wouldn't be opposed to something that has like a little more charm a little more character of course if it's like a super high rise with like amazing windows and amazing views like I'm not uh against that at all but I just don't want to live in like another like standard basic apartment um let's see oh well at the time of this recording I'm not 27 just yet but I will be in like four hours and yeah it's kind of weird to think that I'm inching closer and closer towards 30 um usually I don't really celebrate my birthday I don't I'm never one of those people who's like oh my gosh it's Alex day and you know my birthday is going to be celebrated for a whole month like that's you know that that's like not me at all but I don't know I'm feeling different about 27 not in the sense that I'm gonna like go crazy and like celebrate it a whole bunch but I just I don't know like I'm just excited for it and I feel like I'm never really excited for my birthdays um I think over the last like seven years or yeah over the last you know six seven years I've really grown into my own I can just see a lot of changes within myself very positive changes I feel like I'm more sure of myself I'm more confident in myself um I actually did a podcast interview with um Kira Hall she's the host of a girl in her 20s a girl in her 20s sorry and one of the questions she asked me was like um it was something along the lines of like, you know, what changes have you seen within yourself, like in your 20s? And I'm like, I just feel like I've just become like more confident, more sure of who I am. I think when I was in my early 20s and even mid 20s, I relied a lot on um, other people, organizations, my jobs and other outside factors to kind of give me my self-worth. And I think over the last like six months to a year I've started to like undo that and just kind of I don't know just like me for me like it is what it is so yeah I think 27 will be a good year 26 was definitely interesting not bad at all it was definitely like a learning year and definitely like showing me that I can handle a lot more than I than I thought I could so yeah happy birthday to me all right so enough of me with my life updates and this is honestly probably like the longest one I've done in a long time but yeah let's get into today's episode with today's special guest So today's guest is Gabriella Paulino. Gabriella runs a luxury clothing brand alongside with her girlfriend Desiree. Um, they're actually opening up their first storefront uh, in March, so that's really exciting. Uh, she used to live in New York, however, they have since moved down to Atlanta because of the store. So on today's episode, we talk about you know building a clothing brand, what you really need monetarily to get started as well as some major money moves that the two are making I think that this episode is so interesting because it's not every day that you see 
um, your peers running a high luxury, high end fashion brand and also, you know, purchasing not one, not two, but three properties in Detroit in cash. And so I really hope that this episode like kind of inspires you and lets you know that like, hey, you know, I can do this too. I just, you know, need to put a little bit of thought behind it. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and follow me on Instagram at Financial Flex Podcast. All right, enough of me rambling. Let's get into today's episode. My name is Gabriella Paulino. I live in New York City. I'm 26 years old. Um, I do a bunch of different things. One of the main things is helping my girlfriend, Desiree Nicole, run our business, which is Todd Patrick. It's a luxury clothing brand for men. Um, She's the designer and I do basically all the business side. Um, That's like my main thing right now. But I did go to college for video production. So I was aspiring to be a video producer. And I do do that on the side sometimes. but not as often. Um, It's just, it's kind of like a hobby for me now. It's not really like, yeah, I want to do that so bad. So that's why that, that's why that is. Um, And then we also invest in real estate in Michigan, Detroit. Um, We have three houses now that we are, we flipped and we're selling. So it sounds like you're just like, doing a lot like yeah, entrepreneur- we really do. entrepreneurial wise so I'm mm-hmm. excited to get into that how have you always thought about money like growing up when you were younger what was your money mindset like um so I remember in like high school my mom would give me like $20 every week and I would make that $20 last every week um it's funny because every, literally every day after high school, me and my friends would go to Panera. There was like a Panera down the street from our, our school and we would go there every single day. And I remember just, I would, I would order, um, it was like, it was like a baguette and butter. And that was like the cheapest thing that they had. It was like a dollar or something. And that would sustain me until like six o'clock until we decided to leave. And my friends, sometimes they would get meals like, you know, the the soup and the bread bowl and <laughs> yeah. all that sandwiches and stuff and whatever they didn't want. <laughs> I had the leftovers. <laughs> so that was like high school days. And then in college is when I started like working, which I had a retail job. And so then I was actually making my seven twenty five an hour minimum wage <laughs> money, which that was sustainable for whatever I needed to do. But it was good because I didn't have to ask for money for my mom. So it was like my own money. And yeah, after, after I got a job, I feel like I never asked for money. Now it's kind of it's kind of weird because I don't really have like a nine to five job. So it's like not steady income coming in all the time. So it's always like finding ways to get income to pay rent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. No, it definitely makes sense. In college, like post-grad, 
did you graduate with any student debt? Because I know you obviously like through Penn State, but then I left mm-hmm. a year later. So did you finish at Penn State or did you transfer? No, I actually transferred after freshman year too. I came back to New York. Um, it wasn't my decision. It was actually my mom's. She was like, you know, I think it would be best if you, it, and it's crazy because it was actually like financial driven. She's like, I don't think that you should continue on for like three more years you're going to be in so much debt I think you should come back and like go to a city college and that's what I did I went to Hunter College and thank freaking god that I did that because (laughs) my student loans have been crazy and speaking of student loans I I still have debt I have Alex I literally have not paid one penny on my student loans yet I'm on this income-based driven plan Mm-hmm. where basically my payments are based on my income. Yeah. So since I don't make a lot of money, my my payments are $0 and 0 cents every month. Yeah, so, that's what mine was like too when I when I first I'm, graduated. I'm just yeah. trying to ride that boat <laughs> as long as I freaking can. And then I'm over here like I really hope that they forgive these student loans. I have oh gosh, faith yes. in my heart that they're going to do it and I'm not going to have to pay and I went to school for free. Like literally that is my mindset right now with these stupid loans (laughs) so if you don't mind me asking you don't have to like give an exact amount but Mm -hmm. you can ballpark it like how much did you graduate with well the last time I checked which was probably like a couple months ago it was at 27k okay which is not bad but I don't know if I don't know I really have to do more research but I don't know if that's like with the interest of whatever payment plan I'm on, or I don't even know if, I don't even know. That's how much (laughs) the number said on the screen. (laughs) So you're like, I'm going with it. it, It's like, it's just so much. And I feel like nobody really like tells you like how to manage it or like what this means. And it's just like a brief general thing that you have to read on like fastfood.com. Exactly. You're like, okay, are you gonna give me the money? Yes or no? Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care about anything else. Closer to like graduation or even after you graduated, did you? Was there any pressure for you to like, I guess, feel successful and like start making money as soon as you graduated college? A hundred percent. Like, especially from like my mom. She's she's very old school, and she wants me to have nine to five with a four hundred one k and benefits and this. You know, I feel like that's so old, like such an old school mindset of a job. Because now people are making money on freaking Instagram for nothing, for absolutely breathing, and I'm just like. I don't I don't want to sit in an office all freaking day and stare at a wall and a screen. And, you know, like I, I have had jobs like that, not by, you know, choice or anything, just because I needed money. But I just feel like that's not it's not in my uh, lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> respect, I 100% respect it. I feel like, yeah, I feel like parent, like my parents if I would, if they were to like, if you were to ask them, oh, what does Alex do? They'd be like, I have no idea. It's like, there's so many jobs yeah. that have been created, like since our parents' time that they're just mm-hmm. like, they don't even, 
they don't even know. So yeah. So when after I graduated, I definitely was looking for jobs in video production, like doing production assistant, interning, like doing like trying to find anything. And like mm-hmm. I feel like everywhere I went, it was just I don't know, like the vibe wasn't there for me. It was always it's such a male dominated industry that it it's is. like, who is this? Who is this chick trying to work over here? Like, I felt like that was the energy. I remember I, I did this um, kind of like a, like, it was like a test interview where you kind of go in and work for like a day and they see like how you are or whatever. And it was just, it was just so weird. I was like at the front desk, like not even doing anything Mm. it was just it was weird so um were you in were you ever in any situations where like there was like pay disparity between like you and your like co-workers like if you noticed like a male production assistant was like getting paid more than Mm. you were or whatever yeah I don't I don't think I've personally experienced that at all so you mentioned that you've you know you've kind of Paulino Productions has kind of like become a side a side yeah. hobby for you now and you're you help you're helping your girlfriend Desiree with Todd Patrick the luxury clothing brand so first of all like just what like what's like a day-to-day like for you just to you know give people a little bit of context um so definitely answering from stylists who want to pull for for photo shoots or magazines or um you know events well before covid but uh stuff like that just e- a lot of emailing coordinating um sometimes we me and des would go to the city and like get fabric or things that we need to you know make our garments and stuff um yeah pretty much it's like between those two things like going to the city getting fabric and emailing and coordinating it's pretty much my day-to-day right and so I feel like just being in like the fashion industry and living in New York like those two things are super glamorized um and so people may think that it just like looks it's like Mm -hmm. so much fun but what's one thing that is constantly glamorized in your industry that you just feel like is not it so I think that everybody is on kind of this wave right now where they want to start a clothing line and be independent but it's very naive to think that I wouldn't say naive. It's a lot harder than people anticipate it to be. And it does take a lot of hours and dedication to building a brand and marketing it the right way. And even if it's two people like me and Gab, like we're in the house a lot of the time and dedicating a lot of our time to it. So I think owning a brand is glamorized, but it's not the glamorous process that, you know, people think about they think about like oh I have getting brand and yeah like I'm rich and it's it takes a long time to get to the point where you're in the media and your hard work has paid off but a lot of people aren't willing to go through the trenches to get to that point so it's often glamorized and not really spoke about being like this shit hard (laughs) if you had to I guess ballpark it like how much would someone need to start their own their own clothing brand so damon john started fubu he only had one sample he had one jersey so he took that one jersey and he put it on ll cool j in the music video he asked for it back 
He put it on the next artist, asked for it back. He put it on his homie, asked for it back. But he used all this only by making one sample. If you market your brand properly, you can use pre-orders and different you know, marketing mechanisms to get revenue before you actually give them the product. So there's other ways to go about it if you want to be small. Um, and it's just about being okay with scaling your company at a slower speed mm-hmm. until you have the revenue. I think a lot of people don't do it. They're yeah. like, oh, I need 20,000. I need yeah. 50,000. I want to start a clothing line, but they don't know how to manage $500. So how can you expect them to manage $50,000 and start a clothing line? Like for the last year, we've been living through a pandemic. So mm-hmm. how has that affected, you know, your company? Mm-hmm. So I feel like it didn't really affect us at all, strangely. Um, even though we are like a really high-end brand, like our price points are really high. I feel like not to be like, I don't know how to say it, but like the people who are buying our brand weren't like affected as well. You know what I mean? Right. So um, we did have a slow point where we weren't really getting any orders. But then like, I think in the summertime, like we got like so many orders at one time. It was really weird. It's it's different for us because I feel like one order, it, it'll be a lot of money. So it's not like, oh, I'm only getting like 30 bucks for like one item. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, I, I don't, I don't think it affected us a lot, but it, it did a little bit. I've just always been curious about like pricing when it comes to, you know, clothing brands, like what, like, how do, you know, fashion designers, like, how do you come to like a, a price point? Like what, what qualifies as like a $50 shirt, a $5 shirt and a $500 shirt. Cause I'm mm-hmm. seeing like, you know, since the pandemic, I feel like everyone has come out with like a loungewear line, like so many people and (laughs) the prices that I've seen for some of them, like $200, $250. I'm like, but they're sweats. Like, why are they costing so much? So like, how do, Mm -hmm. how do you guys come up with the pricing? Um, So I think it's, it's really like who we're targeting Mm-hmm. um for us like we we put our price points high because we're targeting to like athletes and celebrities and like high profile clientele but um we also price our points based on like the fabrics that we use so we use a lot of silks which cost more than like uh cottons per se and then we also base the price on the labor that it takes to make the garment because we physically have to go find the fabric we physically have to cut it down we physically have to find the buttons and put them on the shirts and then we have to pay the manufacturer to sew the garments so a lot of that is what comes into the price of each garment with the sweats they're scamming you because they ain't making those from scratch Okay, that's what because there is I well not that they would ever listen to this podcast, but I was on. She was um, she's actually like the daughter of a celebrity, and she came out with her own like loungewear brand, and I was just like, these prices are crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it doesn't look like she did anything but slap her name on like the side of the mm-hmm. pant leg, and so I was just like, how did she come up with like these prices? But I guess for loungewear specifically, it's just you know taking advantage of the moment. I guess. Yeah. But 
But um, so you mentioned earlier that you and Desiree, you guys have bought three houses and you guys are um, selling them. So uh, talk to me a little bit about that journey. Like what made you guys decide that you guys were ready to purchase homes and and why sell them instead of like, you know, just rent them out? Yeah. Um, Okay. so I don't know how how it it was Des that found that found the the way to start it. So. There's this um, thing in Michigan, in Detroit. A lot of the houses in Detroit are like abandoned and worn down and just like, it looks crazy over there. Like one house would be like super nice, you know, livable. And then the next house next to them is like abandoned. And then the next one is like even worse. So um, there's this thing where the city basically owns the houses and they put them up for auction. So you place a bid and if you're the highest bidder you win the house like you can bid at one dollar and nobody else will bid and you win that that house for a dollar so it's kind of like that and um so she did the first one and the second one and then I did the I I auctioned for the third one so that's like our newest one that we have right now we just finished um renovating the second house and it's on the market right now to be sold. The first one is being rented, um, but it's it's rented by Desiree's dad, which is, oh, you know, nice. but it's still being rented. We didn't want to do um, a rental for the second one because it's kind of just like a lot of work to upkeep. And like, if something went wrong, like we don't live in Michigan, so we can't like, you know, be there. 24 7 even though we do have people that can come and fix it's just like it's too much to do right now like with everything else that we have going on so um so yeah we the first house we renovated it wasn't like as put together (laughs) as the second one that we did we kind of just like found the cheapest things and put the cheapest things that we found like used um appliances we we definitely learned through that process also the neighborhood that that one is in is not like the best so it was kind of hard to sell that one so that's why we're renting it and we didn't know that when we bought it but we bought it in the winter when nobody was out and then in the summertime all these people started coming out hanging out outside (laughs) you know drinking all day so it was just like really hard to like so like hey live in this neighborhood with these neighbors right here next to you and that was that one and then the second one um I was I wasn't as involved in the first one as I was in the second one and with my intelligent interior design (laughs) we were able to like create this beautiful like livable space that someone would actually want to live in so um that one was fun because I was more hands-on with that and then this new one it's bigger than the other two properties so that one's going to be exciting we literally just closed on it in January so we got to start working on it soon that is exciting so -hmm. do you think that you know investing in real estate is something that you encourage all you know people our age to do or is it or is it something that you kind of caution like it's not um because I feel like a lot of people want to like get rich quick and you know real estate seems like the thing for a lot of people to do so what are your thoughts 
I think it is something that you have to go in with caution um, because like if you're not saying like if you're not in Detroit and you're not um, you don't have access to these super cheap homes, then you're going to need a lot of money to like, you know, buy a house and fix it up and stuff. You should do definitely do a lot of research, figure out what you want to do if you want to sell, if you want to rent rent it to people um because that also comes into factor like if you want to renovate the whole house do you want to you know use the most expensive um materials or do you just want to use the bare minimum and and try to get it out so yeah definitely caution yeah so um as we you know wrap up our conversation what what are your money goals for this year? Our goal for this year was to buy seven houses, like fix and flip them so that our, our total would be at three something, 300 something thousand, um, just from the houses. But, um, our, like, I guess our, our goal for the entire year, like with everything that we have going on is like 500 K, which is a lot. But um, we're also opening a store for Todd Patrick in Atlanta um, in March, actually. So we're working on that right now, which I feel like is going to do like super, super well because it's in um, Buckhead Village. So we're in a very like luxury market where we kind of fit right in and we're kind of like filling in the gap of what's missing in, in Buckhead Village, too. So I think we're going to do really well there. And that is definitely going to contribute to our 2021 financial goals. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I do, I do want to ask, how are you guys paying for the house? Is it just taking out loans and then with the money that you guys make from the sale, you use it to purchase like the next home kind of thing? Mm, no. So we haven't taken out any loans. We pay everything in cash. Um, so yeah, so we're hoping that when we sell this, the second house that we just finished that then we can, you know, invest more into the third one and then so on like that. So we'll have like the, we'll put the money back that we use to renovate and then use the extra to continue the process. Oh, that's so cool. And then for the, for the store space for Todd Patrick, are you just like leasing a space? Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's cool. Exciting stuff for you guys in 2021. You guys are going to be like millionaires, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal, man. (laughs) Like a year from now, I feel like you guys will definitely hit that. That's cool. I I hope so. (laughs) I have faith. I have faith. I know like, like this after like the store, it's like, I feel like we're going to have more brand awareness. So it'll be Mm -hmm. great. It'll yeah. be really great. I feel like the area that you guys will be in is will be like absolutely perfect. Definitely makes sense. So the last question I have for you is what is the best piece of money advice you've been given? I would have to say like invest wisely. Like use your yeah, invest wisely, use your money wisely. Um really know what your your goal is and what you want to accomplish before you just start going crazy. So um, where can the people find you and, you know, follow along on your new journey? 
Yeah. So my Instagram handle is Gabriella.elise. Um it, it's my name. I, should I spell it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes so okay. they can just click on it. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'll, I'll repeat that so I can like, well, you'll have a clean <laughs> sound bite. Uh, so my Instagram is Gabriella.Elise. And then you can follow Todd Patrick. Um, it's at ToddPatrick.us. And the okay and then our our real estate page is called flip that but it's with an x not an i (laughs) and i will link all of that below well thank you so much appreciate it thank you this was fun